Hi, I'm Carl Payton, pastor of Transformation Church RVA. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for checking out this sermon. I also wanted to bring to your attention something that is close to our hearts here. While our team has prayed that this message would stir within you a desire to know more about Jesus and be more like Him, our desire is that it would only be supplemental to your faith journey and not replace the church and faith community God has called you to be a part of locally. With that said, engage with us over the next 30 to 40 minutes as we dig into the Word of God proclaimed. Good morning, Transformation Church, and welcome to Palm Sunday. That's right, it's Palm Sunday. All of our online family, all of uh, our Transformation folks who are watching abroad, Um, I know with everything going on with COVID-19 and the news, and it's like we're getting daily updates from the governor, daily updates from the White House, Uh, it, it can really overshadow what happened today. So I want you to pause for just a moment and let's celebrate Palm Sunday. And you know what that is? Palm Sunday is celebrating the day that Jesus entered the city to what they believed was to conquer the Roman government. They thought Jesus is going to come and he's going to overthrow the government and start a whole new state for the people of God. When what was really happening, Jesus was entering the city and they were laying down palm branches for him to die for their sins, to redeem them with God. to He came to seek and save the lost, not overthrow the government. He came to redeem us back into relationship with Him. And that's you today. He came for you. That's what we celebrate on Palm Sunday, that He came. That's what we celebrate at Advent. That's what we celebrate at Palm Sunday. And today and every day, we celebrate that He came for you and I to... to Make us right with God again to bring us to life through his death. Um, So what a day to celebrate. What a day to to worship and adore the one um, who deserves all of that. Uh, So uh, we are today in week four, the last week of our counselor series. And just to tell you where we've been, week one, we... Uh, Jesus asked a hundred plus questions, and we've tried to look at four of the questions he asked. The very first week, we found out he asked the question, why are you so afraid? And then week number two, uh, he asked the question, do you believe I can do this? And then week number three, last week, we, we saw Jesus ask the, the lame man next to Uh, the pool, do you want to get well? Do you want to be well? And today's question, I will say to you, is probably one of the most important and least talked about topics. And that's the question that Jesus asked, why do you doubt? Right there where you're at, all across the, the, the viewing audience this morning, the congregation from abroad, why do you doubt? 
Spiritual doubt is almost frowned upon uh, amongst most churches. And some of you may have felt that. I know myself, um, I grew up in a very charismatic Pentecostal tradition. And so we would, I would come into contact with folks who would look at me and I would never feel comfortable expressing any spiritual doubt because they would, I would almost be met with phrases like, the Bible says it, uh, I believe it, that settles it. Have you ever heard someone say that? Um, which is great. And, and I'm not demeaning that phrase because praise God for those who believe that way. Or maybe you've heard the phrase, my faith is talking so loud that my doubt uh, uh, can't hear. Um, my, I can't hear what doubt is trying to say. Um, so in church, many times doubt is met with a little bit of friction, a little bit of rub. Um, and so I grew up going to church. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, sometimes Tuesday for Bible study, Wednesday. Uh, we went to church every time the doors were open and we would sing. Um, back then, there, we didn't have projectors. Uh, I remember early on, um, kind of in between projectors and hymnals, there was, it was someone's whole job to run a transparency machine. Have you ever heard of this thing? It's a projector, and this person's job was to keep organized the verses and the courses, and they would slide them in as we would sing. That was someone's whole job on a Sunday. Uh, but before projectors, we would actually take the hymn out of the back of the pew, we would crack it open, and we would sing verses 1, 2, and 4. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with verse 3, but uh, we would always sing 1 and 4 or 1, 2, and 4. Um, and I remember going to college. I grew up in this environment. I went to college. Everything was very, um, I had many experiences, but it, it got to a point where it was very transactional when I got to college. And I begin to ask this question. How do I know this is true? Have you ever asked that question? How do I know if this is true? Um, and so I gave God a chance one time. I remember in my apartment, I was living across the street from Cleveland State Community College in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, I was like, okay, God, I was really wrestling with some doubt. And I said, if you're real, if this thing is legit, then I'm going to set this glass on my um, counter. And if you move it over um, next to the sink where it needs to go, if you put this thing in the sink um, by the morning, then, okay, you're real. I get it. I, I was, I was kind of foolish, whatever you think. But I was like, I want to see if this thing is legitimate. So I was like, God, you got eight hours to do this. So I went to bed, got back up. You know what? Glass in the same exact spot that I left it. Now, some of you may have been waiting for like this miraculous story. No, it was still sitting there. It still had water in it. And um, I guess I've always been one that's been a little skeptical, um, a little uh, analytical. And so and today, there may be some watching that you're this way. You're, you're naturally kind of skeptical and think something's always behind the curtain. Um, and so this message is for you. If, if, if you've ever struggled with doubt, this is for you. And one thing I can tell you is that doubt, everybody say doubt. 
Doubt comes in different shapes and sizes. Now, some people doubt God's entire existence, while others doubt, is God really good? Especially right now, with everything going on, the death, the disease, lots of people, is God really good? Or some people doubt if God's really involved. Does God actually get involved with us down here? Does God hear my prayer? Can God really forgive me? Does God really care? These are all forms of doubt. Some are bigger, some are smaller. It isn't one size fits all with doubt. And if you doubt, many in church would say you must not have very strong faith. But I want to kind of war against that thought this morning. Because doubt, I, while I, I believe wholeheartedly doubt is not the enemy of faith. In fact, doubt is not the end of real faith, but often the beginning. And we'll find that in today's story in Luke chapter 24. So kind of turn in your Bibles with me, wherever your Bible is, it's on your phone, it's sitting in front of you, grab and turn that to Luke 24, because listen, I want you to know today that what we're talking about is scripture. This is what we base everything off of, is God's word. That's what carries weight, not what Carl says, but what God's word speaks and weighs on our hearts. So doubt is not the end of real faith, but often the beginning. And we'll meet the guy we're talking about today, the guy who got asked the question, why do you doubt? And his name is Doubting. Come on, you know it. Uh, You've probably heard it before. Now, if you haven't been in church you're off the hook here. You probably haven't heard this, but it's oftentimes a common saying amongst many, Doubting Thomas. That's right. Doubting Thomas. Uh, out of Thomas's entire life, um, and in scripture, uh, we get to view him in 12 verses, and his entire life is judged off these 12 verses. I think he got kind of a poor shake here, but um, this, when you hear the word Thomas in the Bible, a lot of people associate him with doubt because of this story. But here's the hope. Here is your hope today in today's story. Um, who Thomas became shows that doubters can become people of great faith. That just because you doubt does not mean you're a lost cause or that you're faithless or that you're not a Christian, or anything of that nature. Doubt does not determine that. If anything, it says this story today from God's word will tell us that even if you have doubts, you can become a person of great faith. Jesus is big enough to handle your doubts. Let me say it again. Jesus, the God of all creation, is not scared of your questions or your doubts. He can handle them. And so um, just where we're at in the story here in Luke 24, Jesus had just appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus. Now appeared, he does this a couple times today, and it's really cool. Um, If you're a sci-fi person, this would have been the ultimate sci-fi scene. Um, Jesus has been crucified on the cross, beaten, crucified, laid in a tomb, 
The door has been closed. Everyone has seen him dead. And he appears to these two guys on the road to Emmaus. And we find ourselves here in Luke 24, 36. After he's run into these guys on this road, we find us in Luke 24, 36 through 39. Just follow me here. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. Why do you think they were startled and frightened? They had spent all this time with Jesus, these years with Jesus. Why do you think they were startled and frightened? Because they saw him dead. I just recently went to my grandmother's funeral um, in West Virginia. I saw her in the casket. I preached her funeral. I saw them put her in the ground. I, 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 I saw it. If in this very moment my grandmother showed up, I would be startled and afraid. And that's why they were startled and afraid. And so we see in verse 38, Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. Now you know who wasn't there? You know who didn't show up for this get together of the church, the disciples, they were all hiding away in fear at this time. And, and so you know who wasn't there? Thomas. Thomas. How do we know that? We know that from John 20, um, 20 and verse 24. It says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus. That is the coolest nickname. I'm just kidding. It's, it means the twin. But I might name my next child Didymus just because of this. My wife is frowning currently um, at the thought of having a son named Didymus. But anyway, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless Thomas, this is Thomas speaking, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers through where the nails were and put my hands in his side. This is huge. Look at this. I will not believe. I will not believe. You see what happened here? Thomas missed church. You see that all the, all the churches together here, they're all banded together. Thomas missed church. And what did he miss? You miss a lot when you miss church. He missed uh, the presence of Jesus. He missed the power, the proof. He missed all that because he wasn't there. We don't know why he wasn't there, um, but he missed it. And look, for all those who are just tuning in today, maybe the last time you went to church was Christmas, um, you miss a lot. We miss you when you're not in church. Church is getting together with other believers is so important. And that's why I really do miss each of you today. Uh, your pastor misses you. Um, but anyways, Thomas comes back, says, yeah, I don't believe it, guys. I won't believe it until I see it. I, I won't believe. And while a lot will take this doubt as, as, as detrimental to him, and doubt over time can have some long-lasting effects, Thomas refused to settle for second-hand faith. So let me ask you a couple questions. Do you believe what you believe because your parents believed it? Is your faith um, 
something that is personal to you? Uh, is Jesus the only way to God? Does he, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Do you believe these things because you go to church or that's what your church believes? Or do you believe it because you had a firsthand faith experience? Thomas was not going to settle for secondhand faith. So he expressed some doubt here until he saw it. So let's move on. John 20 um, and verse 26. Uh, a week later, okay, so a week has passed. Jesus shows up. Thomas isn't there. Jesus leaves. Thomas comes back. Thomas says, yeah, I don't believe anything you're saying. I saw him dead. I, I highly, I will not believe this. One week later, in verse 26, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. So Thomas is here this time. Now, this is crazy. If you underline in your Bible, you should underline this. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Sound familiar? Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands here. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. I love this. You can hear the compassion of Jesus. Stop doubting and believe. First thing of note in this scripture here, Jesus came and appeared. The Bible says he came and stood. He came through a locked door. Now, now, just picture all this together. Jesus has died on a cross. The cross didn't hold him. They put him in a tomb. The tomb couldn't keep Jesus concealed. Locked doors can't keep him out. Listen to me today. Jesus will come and find you. There is nothing that will stop him. No, and I get excited. And if I were in church, I would walk over here. Uh, I, feel, I feel real panicky standing in one spot. Uh, because I, I'm, I'm really excited that this verse has just told me that Jesus will go to any extent to get to me. Jesus will go to any extent through locked doors, through uh, stone being rolled away. Death couldn't hold him down. Jesus has the power to confront your doubts. And he did all this for Thomas. And we know specifically for Thomas because Jesus looked past everyone else that was there. And he said, Thomas, not just, hey, come check me out, see that I'm real. He said very specifically to exactly what Thomas had asked for. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus gave Thomas just what he needed to believe. I, can, I could sit here for hours on end and tell you story after story of how God, through Jesus and his Holy Spirit, how, how God has used things to confirm his existence to me. He's healed my body. He's healed my family. He's, he's healed my marriage on occasion. He's 
He stepped in and proved himself. Wherever my doubts were lying, he can put them at bay. And maybe this is why you're here. On this Palm Sunday, you've tuned in to listen to some great worship and to pray and to hear scripture read over you and to allow the weight of God's word to change you. But maybe this is you today and you're just crying out to God. God, prove yourself to me. Show me. I want to believe. Thomas in verse 28. Look at this. Thomas said to him. So the Lord said, look, touch, see, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him in verse 28. My Lord and my God. Wow. My Lord and my God. You see, there's a difference between believing in something and believing something. There's, I, I, there's lots of things I can believe in, but I don't know until I have experienced it firsthand. For instance... I always believed that electricity can hurt you. I've always believed that. I believed in electricity and its power, and I knew it was it was probably something that could hurt someone. Um, I was recently changing out some outlets upstairs in my my daughter's room as we were preparing for my um, my latest daughter to arrive, and uh, so I'm up here changing out some outlets and. Um, uh, I decided I needed light in the room. I, some people wonder why why men are more uh, you know susceptible to injury. This may be one. I needed light to see what I was doing, and so I um, I got my wire strips. I had the right equipment. I was ready to go, and I decided to leave the breaker on so I could see. And I reached in and I did the first few just fine. Boy, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I clipped one wire on an outlet and I thought I had just set off some fireworks. It arced. Um, the, the pliers I had in my hand started to melt. I thought my pants were going to get caught on fire. Um, I felt some good jolts go through my body. Thank God I'm still here. And maybe that's why I'm a little messed up today and a little amped. Um, Maybe there was some residual damage. I don't know. But here's one thing I do know for sure. I went from believing in it to believing completely and wholeheartedly from firsthand experience that electricity can hurt you. Today, I, can, I just want to proclaim wherever you're sitting that Thomas went from believing in Jesus and seeing all that Jesus did to saying, okay, I get it. Ah, my Lord, my God, it became personal to him. Before Thomas believed in Jesus, now he believed him. You see, doubt is not the end of real faith, but often the very beginning. As I get ready to close, you see, Peter denied Jesus. Peter was Jesus' right-hand guy. I mean, he was right there passionate guy. Peter denied Jesus. He, and he ended up dying upside down 
on a cross. He went from doubting whether this thing was legit to being so sold out he died for Christ, uh, for the work of Christ on the cross, upside down. James, the very brother of Jesus. Listen, how hard is it to convince your brother that you are the son of the living God? That's got to be a hard pill. This guy grew up with Jesus, right? And he has seen Jesus grow. But James was so convinced that he was thrown a hundred foot off a building and beat with clubs. Paul was tortured and beheaded. And Thomas? Everybody say Thomas. The very guy we're talking about today who was such a huge doubter. Who needed the proof. Thomas, um, the, the guy that just said in verse 28, my Lord and my God, this is personal to me. He got as far as India spreading the good news of Jesus Christ and died in India in a cave. They cornered this guy in a cave and, and shoved a spear right through him. Doubting Thomas. Thomas died. For the Lord he once doubted. He believed enough to die for Jesus. So the question for you today is do you believe? Do you feel the Holy Spirit stirring up in you? Such a belief that this is legitimate. That you're willing to live for him today. I think the Lord would speak through his Holy Spirit. And I think he is already. Right in this moment. Right in this very minute. Through the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and saying, stop doubting and believe. He gave Thomas everything he needed to believe. And I know that God can do that for you as well. John 20, 29, last verse here. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Listen. Doubt comes and goes. And some of us are going to wrestle with it ongoing. Just because of your demeanor. Don't think that that makes you any less a Christian. Don't think that that makes you any um, uh, unsavable. Or that God uh, is mad at you for doubting. Because honestly he was surrounded by guys that doubted him at one time or another because he even said for Peter who denied him he said upon this rock Peter I will build my church listen God with doubt is not the end of real faith but often the beginning I'm praying today that God is stirring in you a removal of doubt and just a sincere first-hand belief in who he is. And I'm believing and praying with you that he is going to provide that. That you're going to stop doubting that he forgives you. That you're going to stop doubting that he hears your prayers. That you're going to stop doubting that he'll do a miracle for you. That you'll stop doubting that he can save you from your sins. And so today I want to pray for those who um, don't know him. I want to pray for those who are struggling with doubt. Would you pray with me? Father, for those who don't know you today, Lord, I ask they would pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, 
I recognize that I am a sinner in need of your grace and forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for my sins and that you have forgiven me. And I just want to tell you that you are Lord and give you complete control of my life. I surrender to you. And Father, today for those who are wrestling with doubt in some form or fashion, some shape or size. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would provide the the solidification they need to remove that doubt. God, that you would take their focus away from what the doubt is and put their focus on you. Lord, today you are more and bigger and abundant enough that our doubts can be overcome by you very simply, very quickly, and we trust you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to Easter next week. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.